This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition for week eight. How's everybody doing? Hope you all had a good week. We got through the bipocalypse okay, I think. It was a rare 100% of leagues I cared about win week this past week. And a huge reason why is a lot of people just not doing the little things. A lot of people leaving guys in their lineups that were inactive or on a bye week or that have been replaced or displaced. It's the little things, guys. It is the little things that help us win. There is a lot of stuff we can't control in this game. Those are That's one of the things we can control. Don't let yourself get beat because you made a mistake. Make the other guy beat you. You know, that, I can't say that enough. That's the reason why I won a few games this week. And it actually brings us right into this week's audio edition for the cornerback corner because there were several opponents that had corners going up against me this past week that don't play anymore, have been replaced, displaced, whatever. So we'll get into that. Definitely saw some wild stuff this last week. But with that being said, let's get into it. Let's start with a little transparency for week seven, and then we'll get into the best cornerback options for week eight. So last week I had 61 total calls before injuries and inactives. There were seven of those. So that leaves us with 54 adjusted calls. I was 83% accurate on those last week. 51% of all those correct calls were massive hits, so they doubled, tripled, quadrupled, or more their projection. We are sitting at 81% accuracy for the season with 48% of all correct calls ending up as massive hits, so we continue to look really good with that. Transparency for the audio edition last week, so Marlon Humphrey met his projection. Trent McDuffie went past his projection. Legarius Sneed went past his projection. Kidder Kohu nearly tripled his projection. Some dart throw transparency from last week. Marshawn Lattimore was one tackle under projection, so apologies there. Alante Taylor nearly tripled his projection. J.C. Jackson doubled his projection. Levi Wallace was under projection. We actually have a uh, note about that for later. There's been some developments with the Steelers cornerback core. Patrick Peterson went past his projection. Asante Samuel doubled his projection. Michael Davis doubled his projection. James Bradbury met his projection. Darius Slay tripled his. Traverius Ward doubled his. And Diamador Lenoir was under. So out of all the audio edition calls last week, we had three wrong, 12 correct. And seven of those 12 that were correct were massive hits. So looking very good, both in terms of the written and the audio. But yeah, things look good. Let's get into it for this week. No buys this week, so we have plenty of options. With that being said, my biggest recommendation for the week would be don't force anything. We're not backed into a corner this week. There is no reason for any of us to chase down something that doesn't make sense when all 32 teams are available to us. That means we've got 96-plus cornerbacks available to us this week. There is no reason why we should be going after anything that is even remotely iffy. Not this week, that's for sure. All right, so speaking of Week 8, let's look at the best matchups for Week 8. And there are actually quite a few. We've got some really good options this week. 
Most of them, though, unfortunately, are like one side is a good option. We don't really have any kind of perfect streams where both sides look really good and we'll get the type of shootout that we're really looking for. So most of these are just one half of a good matchup, but we'll take it. That works just as well for us. So starting with Thursday Night Football this week, we've got the Bucks and the Bills are the eighth best passing attack in the league. They target their wide receivers 17th most. But that's not what I care about. I care about the Bucks side of this. I like their cornerbacks. I like Carlton Davis to be guarding Stefan Diggs. That feels like a slam dunk this week. And Jamel Dean should have some good value as well. So I like the uh, Bucks side of Bucks and Bills. I like the Cowboys side of Rams and Cowboys. So Stefan Gilmore, Deron Bland should have excellent value against this Rams sixth best passing attack in the entire league. They target their wide receivers the fifth most in the entire league. And Gilmore and Bland are going to be covering Nakua and Cooper Cup. So they're both in spectacular positions to produce this week. I also like the Packers side of Vikings Packers. So after the Vikings lost Justin Jefferson, it looked like things were heading on a downslope. They were going to lose that ranking as a, a top three passing attack and a top three wide receiver targets ranking. And it looked that way for a week or two. And they came storming back this past Monday night and beat the living hell out of the 49ers. It was a beautiful thing. And are once again looking like that passing attack that it is just spectacular. This time it's Jordan Addison stepping up, making them look really good. So the Packers are in a great position this week against the third best passing attack in the league with the first overall wide receiver targets ranking. So Razul Douglas, if we can get a healthy Jair Alexander, both those guys are in a great position to produce this week. I like them quite a bit. There are some other matchups here that one side is good. So the Patriots against the Miami Dolphins, J.C. Jackson, Miles Bryant, those guys, to a lesser extent, Jonathan Jones, look really good. The Commanders up against Philadelphia, Kendall Fuller in for a good week, Benjamin St. Juiced in for a good week. The Bears up against the Chargers, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, all looking good this week. The Broncos up against the Chiefs, Patrick Sertain looking good. We got some shenanigans beyond that, but we'll talk about that later. The Raiders up against the Lions on Monday Night Football. Lions are the fourth best passing attack in the league. They're coming off of an embarrassing loss to the Ravens the week prior. This is a get-right game for them against likely a backup quarterback or a hobbled Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to beat the living hell out of the Raiders. Raiders could spend 40 minutes on defense on Monday night. I would not be surprised. So the Raiders' corners are in a spectacular position to produce by default, just by being on the field. Never mind they're up against the fourth-best passing attack in the league. So those are great setups. All those are great. If you need more detail on why they're great, Check out the written article at the idpshow.com. That's got all the detail in it. We are well over 7,000 words this week. And then I also, to a lesser extent, like 49ers Bengals. This has got a good over-under at 46.5 points. We've got California weather, which is nice. It is getting to be late October, so weather is going to be more and more of a problem as we continue the season, but we're fine in California. The Bengals passing attack has been heating up prior to this last bye week they were on last week. The two games before that, Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. And the 49ers are vulnerable. That is apparent. They just lost to a bad Vikings team on national television on Monday Night Football and get, got squeaked by with Cleveland the week before that. So yeah, the Niners are vulnerable. The Bengals are heating up. These are two teams going in opposite directions. I feel Cincy could really put it on them. 
both Diamador Lenoir and Chavarius Ward are in a good spot this week. And then the same for Cam Taylor Britt. He's been really excellent this season as well. And he'll be responsible for likely Ayuk or if we get Debo back. Some good value on both sides of that one as well. I like that one, 49ers, Bengals. Some of the worst matchups for Week 8, in my humble opinion, include the Jets and Giants. This has got an over-under of 36.5. I think that's the lowest I've seen this entire season. That is just absolutely horrendous. It is indicative and implies that this is going to be a defensive struggle and a boring, low-scoring affair where these two defenses slug it out. We barely get any points, which tracks from what these eyeballs have seen so far this season. So the Jets are the 32nd ranked passing attack in the league. That's the worst. The Giants are the 31st, so that's the second worst. Both of them are in the worst third of the league in regards to targeting their wide receivers. So just absolutely horrendous setup. On top of that, it's outdoors at the end of October in New York, which is a windy stadium. So just horrible, horrible setup for Jets and Giants. I will be staying away from Sauce and DJ Reed and Deontay Banks and Adore Jackson this week. They are just not in a good position at all. Another not-so-great matchup this week is Falcons-Titans. This is outdoors in Tennessee at the end of October. Not as bad as New York, but still pretty bad. It's got a 37-point over-under, so also really bad. Just a half point better than Jets-Giants. The Titans are the 28th worst passing attack in the league. They target their wide receivers 27th most in the league, which is not a lot at all. The Falcons are middle of the pack for both of these rankings, but let's be real. They stink, and the Tennessee defense is going to just grab them and pull them down into the mud with them, and it's going to be a boring, low-scoring defensive game. I I can see it coming from a mile away. So no thank you on either of those matchups. They both look really horrendous. I'd recommend we stay away from them. All right, let's look at some likely cornerback ones and twos for this week. We'll start with the Thursday night game, which is obvious uh, to these eyeballs. Carlton Davis, who will be responsible for Stephon Diggs. Uh, The Bills have, as I mentioned, the eighth best passing attack in the league. They target Stephon Diggs just a ridiculous amount every week. Carlton Davis just needs to tackle him three to five times and get one pass defense and we're sitting pretty. I I think he's going to do far more than that. I think he's in for an excellent game. So I love Carlton Davis this week as a cornerback one or two. Same thing with Stephon Gilmore. He's going to likely be on Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup gets anywhere in the neighborhood of 10-plus targets a week. The Rams have the sixth-best passing attack in the league. This game is indoors. There's going to be targets everywhere, and Stephon Gilmore has been red hot, so he's in a perfect position to produce this week. Razul Douglas as well, up against the Vikings, third-best passing attack in the league with the first-best wide receiver targets ranking. Razul will probably be on Jordan Addison. I'm assuming we're not getting Jair back. If we do get Jair back, that might move things around a little bit. But Razul Douglas is essentially matchup proof, and this is an excellent matchup, so it's going to help not hurt him. So I think he's in a good spot this week. This next one is a little sneaky. Those that haven't been paying attention might think I'm out of my mind, but J.C. Jackson has been the cornerback one for the Patriots the past two, three weeks. He plays the most out of all the Patriots' corners. He's only been there this time around for a cup of coffee, but he's already shot out in front of Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, and Miles Bryant. He he played about 90% of snaps last week and doubled his projection. 
and they're going up against Miami, which is the best passing attack in the league. The Patriots could legitimately be on defense for 40 minutes this week, and I wouldn't be surprised. And the game's in Miami, so weather's not going to be as much of a factor as it will be in other parts of the nation here. So J.C. Jackson, and the projections haven't caught up to this yet. I was just on MFL and Yahoo today putting in my waiver claims. They still think J.C. Jackson is cornerback three on the Chargers. They haven't realized that he played 90% of snaps last week and had a 16-point game in most of my leagues. It's going to take them a while to catch up. They're not on top of this stuff. But you can get out in front of it. Because of the way that's sorted, when you do waivers by projection, J.C. Jackson's not going to be at the top. They're, they're going to have guys that are like the known names that maybe aren't in great matchups this week towards the top of the list when you sort by projected points for your waivers. J.C. Jackson's not going to be anywhere close to the top, but he's in a perfect position to have a huge week this week. Definitely grab him. He's in a good spot. And my last favorite cornerback one or two this week is Benjamin St. Juiced up against the Eagles' ninth best in the league passing attack. They target their wide receivers 11th most in the league. Benjamin St. Juiced has been on a hot streak for five weeks. Mind-blowing. I knew he was doing well, but I checked his log, as we like to say on the IDP show today, and his log is looking good. He's got a good-looking log right there. So he's hot. The matchup's hot. Everything looks good for Benjamin St. Juice this week. Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the Sochak every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just Rip the top off and pour it into your water. Shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins. B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, 
you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDPSHOW at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code IDPSHOW at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP Show sent you. Some dart throws I like for week eight. First one is a little bit risky. That's why we call them dart throws. C.J. Henderson. So C.J. Henderson is the sole survivor, the lone survivor in the Panthers cornerback core. He's the only guy that gets 100% of snaps a week at corner for them. Dante Jackson doesn't even get 100% of snaps, and he's been there for years. He's been their best corner for years. He's a veteran. I don't know why C.J. Henderson's getting these many snaps. They do a lot of weird stuff over there in Carolina, playing chin 30% of snaps and Camu Grugier Hill up, down, and then back out again. And Deion Jones signed him, didn't use him when they needed him. It, nothing makes sense in Carolina. Drafting Bryce, Bryce Young instead of uh, C.J. Stroud. They just don't do things right in Carolina. So this is iffy. Henderson could get the rug pulled out from under him at any point, but he's been there and he's been producing for about a month. And he had a nine tackle game the last time he was on the field. He's going up against the Texans, where the, which are the seventh best passing attack in the league. C.J. Stroud is obviously legit. This is, I believe, an indoor game. I could be wrong on that. But regardless, Henderson is in the best position of all the Carolina Panthers corners to have a really good game. And he's been pretty hot lately. I'm going to ride the hot hand with C.J. Henderson this week. I also I mentioned this earlier, Deron Bland, Cowboys. Whoever Gilmore doesn't take, whether that's Cup or Nakua, Deron Bland will take in regards to who he'll be defending for this game. So it doesn't matter. They both get over 10 targets a game. So it doesn't matter. The only reason Bland is in a corner one is because he's a injury replacement for Trayvon Diggs. He's not a veteran like Gilmore. He's not a pro bowler. He hasn't done it for as long, so my confidence in him isn't as high as it is in Gilmore. But Deron Bland is in a really good setup this week as well. Another dart throw that's definitely a little risky but could be really good, and your league mates definitely don't know about it yet because I just found out about it about an hour and a half ago, is Joey Porter Jr., So Joey Porter Jr. was playing anywhere from 10 to 30% of snaps all the way until the last two weeks. He shot up a little bit two weeks ago, and this past week against the Rams, he shot up a ton. He shot up to, I believe it was 78% of snaps. He is now the second cornerback on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He went right past Levi Wallace. He totally displaced Chandon Sullivan. So it's Patrick Peterson as corner one. Joey Porter Jr. is corner two. Porter Jr. is likely available on waivers, whereas Patrick Peterson likely isn't. Porter Jr. is up against the Jags, which are the 14th best passing attack in the league and are capable of being much better than that. They just have a really good running game, so they don't need to pass as often as uh, we'd like them to, maybe. And the Jaguars are also ninth best in the league for wide receiver targets. Really good setup for Joey Porter Jr., and he's just sitting there. No one knows about him yet. So if you need a good dart throw, that's one right there. Another good dart throw this week, Kendall Fuller, Commanders, up against the Eagles. We've talked about the Eagles. We know how good a passing attack they are. Kendall Fuller is in the same exact setup as Benjamin St. Juiced, who I called a cornerback one this week. He's just not on the same hot streak, so that's not not why I've called him, or, or that's why I've not called him a corner one or two. Kendall Fuller is solid, though. 
I would bet the farm that he at least matches his projection this week. So that is a good dart throw. All right, another good dart throw this week. Known guy, a little bit up and down, hence why he's a dart throw. So Patrick Sertain up against the Chiefs of the second best passing attack in the league. They're fourth in wide receiver targets. I think drafting Rasheed Rice really changed that for them. They went from a team that last year primarily targeted their tight end and their running backs out of the backfield to a team that targets their tight end and occasionally their wide receivers. Rasheed Rice has been a huge part of that. He's he's helped make that wide receiver core relevant. And that's very likely who Patrick Sertain will be guarding this week. So Sertain against the Chiefs, pretty good matchup. I like that right there as a dart throw. Also Tyreek Stevenson, Bears up against the Chargers, who have the fifth best passing attack in the league. Tyreek Stevenson is playing indoors in L.A. this week. And he's a rookie cornerback, so he gets the rookie cornerback rule. We've talked about that before on this program. He's been pretty productive all season. He plays uh, 100% of snaps a week. He's in a really good setup, and he's not a name that's super familiar to everyone, so you could probably get him off waivers if you need a guy. So Tyreek Stevenson, good setup this week. And then last but not least, this is not a dart throw at all, but it could be because I've seen him sitting on waivers myself in many leagues, Nate Hobbs. People are just pissed off that this guy can't stay healthy, and I don't blame them. It's a waste. It's it's a waste of the potential overall best IDP cornerback in the entire game. And so it's unfortunate he can't stay healthy. If he can play this week, they've got the Lions, which are the fourth best passing attack in the league. They are probably pretty upset about getting their brains beat out last week in Baltimore and have Monday Night Football and the entire nation's eyeballs to themselves this week to get the get the ship back on course and just really kick the living crap out of the Raiders. Hobbs is in a great position. Marcus Peters, to a lesser extent. Raiders corners in general should be in for a good week. All right, let's move on to some ideas that might seem good but really aren't for Week 8. So the, these should be obvious, but I've seen some crazy things this year, so I got to just say things and make sure. So DJ Reed or Sauce Gardner, coming off of concussions against the second worst passing attack in the league outdoors in windy New York in late October is not a good idea. I I would sit both those guys this week and circle back to it when they're a little more healthy, when the re-injury risk isn't as high, and when they have a better matchup. And then also Sneed, Legereus Sneed against the Broncos, who have the 20th best passing attack, or, or should I say the 20th worst passing attack in the league? and target their wide receivers 22nd most in the league. So Sneed is fine. Sneed will probably have what I consider to be an okay game. Four to five combined tackles and a pass defense. I'll take that every single day of the week. That is a beautiful IDP cornerback week. The problem with Sneed is all these sites have his projections so ridiculously bloated that you think you're getting a bad week out of him when you get four or five combined tackles and a pass defense. You're not. You're getting a great week from any streaming corner when you get those numbers. So just adjust your expectations, I guess is what I would say in regards to Snead. He's probably not going to hit that ridiculous, unrealistic, bloated projection that I saw on Yahoo and MFL today, but he probably will have an okay week. So just keep that in mind. And then I guess we'll get out of here with some miscellaneous notes for week eight. So a couple few things here. Emmanuel Forbes of the Commanders cornerback is still not playing. He was displaced by Danny Johnson a week or two ago. I shouted this out from the heavens both on here and in the article. 
but it did not stop multiple people this week I played against personally from starting Emmanuel Forbes in their cornerback slot. If they don't listen to the show, if they don't read the article, that's their problem. But you all do. So I'm just making sure you're going to get a zero if you play Emmanuel Forbes. Same thing if you do Kytrell Clark. So Kytrell Clark is not playing. Antonio, excuse me, Antonio Hamilton has displaced him. So if you play Kytrell Clark or Emmanuel Forbes, you have a very good chance of eating a zero. Uh, those situations are fluid. They could get their jobs back at some point. It's just not right now. Keep that in mind. I mentioned this earlier, but just to reiterate, Joey Porter Jr. is now the cornerback, too, in Pittsburgh. He played 78% of snaps last week. That's more than Levi Wallace at 72% and is behind uh, Patrick Peterson with 100%. Porter continues to play more each week. He's on his way to being a very good streaming corner option. Uh, Damari Mathis has been benched in Denver. Fabian Morrow is the guy who displaced him. I wouldn't trust either right now. This looks like a uh, situation that's in flux. We'll keep an eye on it, but I would just stay away from both at the moment. Hot streaks. So I, I said last week that I think the Darius Williams hot streaks coming to an end. I was wrong. It happens. It is what it is. So Darius Williams has had a hot streak for the last month, and five of seven total games this year have been massive hits for him. So Darius Williams is just red hot right now. And I guess ride the hot hand, right? The matchup is not ideal at all this week. They're up against the Steelers, which, if I recall correctly, are like the 26th worst passing attack in the league and have a pretty bad wide receiver targets ranking as well. But sometimes that doesn't matter. If a guy's hot, a guy's hot. So we just ride this thing into the ground and whatever it ends, and we'll adjust from there. So Darius Williams, forget I said anything. And then Benjamin St. Just as well. So Benjamin St. Just has had every single game this year over projection. And the last five games for Benjamin St. Juiced were massive hits. And he's got the Eagles this week, which are 11th best passing attack and ninth for wide receiver targets or something like that. Maybe reverse that. It, it's good, whatever it is. It's good. So St. Juiced is red hot and in a spectacular position to produce this week. I like him a ton. And Darius Williams has been hot all season, so you just got to ride the hot hand. Update on Juju Brent, cornerback for the Colts. He was someone we've been talking about for about the last month here. Really just a rising star and was on his way to being a great streaming corner option for us all season. He did get injured about 25% of snaps through the game last week. Daryl Baker Jr. came in to fill in for him. Hopefully he's back soon. We'll have to see how it goes. They've got the Saints this week, so it's not the greatest matchup on the planet to begin with. So I, I would just sit Juju Brents this week. We'll see what happens and then readjust from there. But yeah, hope he gets better soon because, man, was he starting to really look good for us. And then last but not least, last thing I want to mention here for miscellaneous notes for week eight. So there are two guys now that I have seen or found or whatever you want to call it. Just looking through these box scores every week, looking through these snap counts every week, and just keeping an eye on everything. There are two guys that have not been under projection the entire season. One of them we just talked about, Benjamin St. Juiced. The other one is a guy I talked about all offseason prior to this season and was hyping him up from the heavens, saying that he had the perfect scenario, the perfect situation to just have a huge year. He was a guy no one heard of. And you could get him for free. 
And man, has it paid off. Marco Wilson of the Cardinals has not been under projection any game this entire season. Take that how you will. They've got the Ravens this week, so not the greatest passing attack on planet Earth, that's for sure. But man, he has been good. Just something to think about. But yeah, and that is pretty much it. Those are our notes for week eight. Good luck, everyone. I really hope all the streams work out and things are looking good. Before we get out of here, quick shout out for California area listeners. Make sure you check out the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time. This is at the Desert 5 spot at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont562, that's at L-A-M-0-N-T-562 on Twitter for details. That is a really cool event he does every Sunday at a lounge in Hollywood, the the, uh, Desert 5 spot. It's basically a bunch of fantasy football junkies that get together, watch the games on a ton of big screens, have a, a cowboy cookout, which is like barbecue food, have some drinks, and just hang out and talk shop. So check that out if you're in the Hollywood area. And that's it for me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope we have another good week. Good luck with all your cornerback streams, and we'll do it again next week. Same time, same place. Take care now. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>